bless you. I was just thinking, Brother Stephen, when we were in the back, I've known Stephen, well, from the beginning. <laughs> I've known him from his beginning here. And now here he is, a fine young man assisting up in Grand Prairie. And we're happy to have you and Sister Lisa here. He's not a stranger by any means. He's been at many, many, many of our camps. And we've enjoyed their family. They've blessed us. And I know that we'll be a, have a blessing tonight, Brother Stephen. Preach your heart out. Speak to us from the Word. Amen. God bless you. Man, God bless you. My wife asked me at home, are you nervous? I said, I'm scared half to death. She said, well, you don't look nervous. So, I'll let you in on a little family secret. I'm sure Brother Tim's shaking his head back there. But, uh, you know, when, when we were young... And dad would come to you and say, son, I want to talk to you in my office. You had to learn when you were pretty young how to be able to walk in there and not look nervous. <laughs> say, yes, dad, what do you want? I have no idea what you want to see me for. <laughs> Amen. So we'll just leave the, the nervousness behind and. I'm sure my wife is a little more nervous than me, as she says, but we'll just trust in the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. Why don't we just bow our heads together? Heavenly Father, Lord, we are just trusting in you tonight, Lord. You are the mighty God, Lord. Father, we do not know the hearts of people, O oh God, and we don't know what's on the minds of people when they come into church. But it's your word, Lord, that's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, O oh God. Father, we are looking to you tonight, Lord Jesus, to come and speak to our hearts, Lord. Father, you're the same Holy Ghost in Grand Prairie that you are in Cloverdale Bible Way, Lord. And Father, you can come speak to us here just like you speak to us there, Lord. And come and show your people that it's still the Holy Ghost leading the church, Lord. That, Lord, we're speaking, you're speaking the same things to us up there that you're speaking to them down here, Lord. Confirm your word tonight, Lord. Father, we just love you with all of our hearts, with all our souls, oh God. And Father, we just commit the reading of the word to you and the hearing of it. Bless it, Lord, we pray. Anoint it to our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles together. Turn to the book of Second Peter. And we're also going to read from Hebrews chapter 6. Second Peter chapter 1. And beginning at verse 3, the Bible says, According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, 
whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And then if we turn over to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Paul says to the Hebrews, leaving, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the, the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Amen. God add his blessing to the word. You can have your seats. So I want to go back into Second Peter for just a moment. And the, the scripture says. As his divine power has given unto us all things. Per, that pertain unto life and godliness. So we recognize that it was not by our own power. Or not by our own ability. Or that one day we decided to study the scriptures. And it made us into a better person. That you know we could figure it out. And we could live a better life. And by that we could, uh, we could obtain these things. And, and all these things. But no it was by his divine power. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we received the new birth. When we received the Holy Ghost into our lives. Then that power began to go to work in us. His, de- his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's Him through the knowledge of Him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. It's Him that called us unto glory and virtue. What is that glory? Is that our glory? Is that some great achievement that we will do in ourselves? But no, we know Paul says, the the mystery of the Gentiles is Christ in you, the hope of glory. His glory. He wants to express His glory through your life. He wants to express His glory through your words, through your actions, through your family. He wants to express himself through you that 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 his glory might be revealed unto you we know that that the woman is the glory of the man and that's a type of christ and the bride and and the bride of christ is he wants to express his glory through you as long as we just stay ourselves as we heard last wednesday of the uniting of christ and the bride and how that the two are becoming one if we just stay as ourselves with our own ideas our own ambitions our own careers our own agendas our own denominations then he can never express his glory through us but he wants to become one with us that we can be the expression of his glory 
says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. We didn't fight for them. We didn't, we, we didn't uh, somehow find them or discover them or search for them. But, but he, has, uh, they, he gave them to us. They're given unto us. Gifts given from the bridegroom to the bride. And he says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Oh my. Amen. His Holy Spirit has, has come by our way and wooed us and called us. And, and we responded. We said, yes, Lord, I want you more than anything in this world. I want you above everything else. And, and he came into our hearts. He came into our souls. He filled us with his Holy Spirit. And by his Holy Spirit, we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This corruption, think of it, this corruption that is by lust. This corruption came came into the world by lust. It was lust that corrupted the world. It was lust that brought it by. And we see the culmination of it in this age. We see the culmination of it all around us. The culmination of it in the government policies. The, cul- the culmination in the way people live their lives. In the things that they feed upon. In the TV shows that, that, they, that, that they promote and that they show and that are so popular in this world today. What is it? What is it? It's corruption that's come about. And, and people are looking. They're saying, what happened? Oh, where did we go wrong? You know, how did the world get so bad? How did things get so evil? How did it get so wicked? Well, it was because of lust. It was because they wanted a little bit of the world. The denominations are looking back. And I I seen an article one time. It was written in a Christian magazine. They said something happened 50 years ago. Something happened and the church began to go downhill. Something happened and they don't know what it was, but we know what it was. That the word came down. The word came and Christ revealed himself. And the, 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 the outside world said, we don't want nothing to do with it. Something happened. What was it? They wanted a piece of the world. They said, no, we want to live a little bit of worldly lives. We want to be able to dress like the world. We want to listen to worldly music. We want a little bit of Hollywood in our lives. And what happened? It brought about a corruption. But the Bible says you have escaped it. You have escaped it. You heard a voice. You heard a message. You heard a messenger come down and begin to speak 50 some years ago. And he began to speak and he began to share the thoughts of God with you. And he began to show you and Christ began to come and unveil himself through that ministry of a prophet. And say this is my word. This is where I'm bringing you. Oh I want to unite with my bride in this age. All these. The, 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 the plan of God coming to fruition. All, all of God coming in. And there's a people that heard that voice. They're the there's a people that said, I want that. There's a people that say, I want a holy God. There's a people that say, I want to live right. I want to do right. I want to be one with God. And that voice said, keep the TV out of the home. That voice said that Hollywood is the pit of hell. That voice began to cry out those things and began to speak those things. And those that heard those voice, those that that heard those words and listened to them and applied them to their lives, kept the corruption out of their home. But those that started to go back, those that started to say, well, maybe the TV's not so bad. But there was a voice that said, the TV, that's bringing corruption in the home. But they said, oh, maybe the TV's okay. Maybe a little bit of Hollywood movies is okay. Maybe we can, maybe a little bit of these kind of magazines are okay. Maybe a little bit of the world like this is okay in my home. And then they begin to wonder as the years go by, what happened to my home? What happened to my family? What happened? What happened? How come I'm like the world now? Because of lust. We've heard the voice. We've obeyed the voice. Now's not the time 
to be slack. Now's not the time to say, well, I guess we, we made it this far. I guess we can just let it all go now. No, it's time to raise the standard higher. It's time to stand for the same gospel that we've always stood for. It's time to let the Holy Ghost be manifested through our lives. He didn't come just so there would be a group of people that would believe something different from other people. No, he wants fellowship. He wants to be, he wants to be uh, in, in union with us. God and man becoming one, that God might be all in all. You've escaped the corruption that's in the world. You've escaped it. And you've received an opportunity. We didn't escape the world and, 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 and oh, now, now we've escaped it. As the Bible says, uh, you've escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. And then on down it says, for if add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, all these things. And it says, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He that lacketh these things is blind, can't see afar off, has forgotten that he's purged from his old sins. Oh, what is it? It's a backslidden condition. Sometimes we get in a backslidden condition. Sometimes we forget about these things. But, but why do we get in a backslidden condition? Because we get saved and we think, oh, we've made it. Oh, now we can just relax. Now we can just, just, just drift along. Now we can just go to church on Sundays and everything's going to be okay. Oh, I found the right church. Now everything's good. Now I'll just sit in the pew and I'm going to go to heaven. But no, Paul says, you, Peter says, you've escaped the corruption that's in the world through the lust. Through lust. Now besides this, giving all diligence. Now you've escaped it, but now besides this, give all diligence and begin to add. Begin to add to your faith virtue. Oh, there's a plan of God. There's a stature of a perfect man that he wants to build in your life. The Word can only be united with the Word. When, when we're born in Christ, we're just a baby. We're not, we're not mature. We're not ready for marriage. We're not, we're not ready to be united with God. But there's got to be a maturing. There's got to be a growth process. So there's got to be an adding. The new birth is not the end. The new birth is the beginning. That's now. Now we've received an opportunity. Maybe you backslid and you left church and now you've come back. What is it now? Oh, now I'm eligible for marriage or now I'm eligible for, for to have a good job. Now I'm eligible for, f- to, to sit on the platform. Now I'm eligible to play the piano. Now I'm eligible to, to play the drums or the guitar. Now I'm eligible to sing a special. No, now you're eligible to keep adding to your faith virtue. That's what it's all about. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. The father knows what you have have need of. He knows if you need a wife. He knows if he's put a gift in there that you can, that you can use on the platform, that, that maybe for the piano or whatever it might be. And he knows what you have need of. He knows how he's going to express his glory through you. But he says, what I want you to do is seek first the kingdom of God. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. You've escaped, received an opportunity to add. The Israelites, they, they were, had many great victories and many great battles and, and many times of overcoming. In the judges and, and in the time of David and in the time of Solomon had such a time of peace. But they fell away from that. 
They fell away and because they had turned from God and they begin to serve idols and worship idols instead of God and begin to plant all these groves and do all these different things. God said, I'm going to send you to Babylon. You're going to go into, into, uh, you're, you're going to be in Babylon for 70 years, but he was going to bring them out. And when he brought them out, now he brought them out in, in the time of Nehemiah. And he brought them out, and there they were now back in the promised land. And it was a time of rejoicing. You know, they were going back to the promised land. They were going back to to their land. They were going back to what was theirs, to what God had given them. And they were just excited, and they were just thrilled to be going back. Oh, we're going back. We're we're, we're going back, and and we're going to be in the promised land once again, and we're going to be in the land that God gave us. And they were just rejoicing. But they didn't just get to the land and say, all right, we're here now. Everything, everything is happy. Everybody's going to love everybody. Everything's going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be just peaceful. And, and everybody's going to love us because God allowed us to come back to our land. But no, they went back. And what did they do? They started to build the walls. They started to build. They started to add. And, and it wasn't easy. In Nehemiah chapter 4, it says, but it came to pass. That when Sanballat heard that we built the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. No, when we get saved, sometimes we think, oh, it's going to be easy. Now I got saved. But no, when the devil hears that you got saved, oh, he gets angry. He gets upset. He said, oh, what's going on? These people are, are getting saved. He gets angry. And, and he spake before his brethren and the army of, of Samaria and said, Why do, what do these feeble Jews Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of heaps of rubbish which are burned? And you know, many times that's how the devil looks at us. You know, we who are so downtrodden in sin, whether we were just in sin or whether we were backslidden in sin or whatever it was, the devil's got us beat down. He's got all our walls broken apart. He's got everything laying all over the place. And and, and we come back to God and we say, Lord, I want to serve you with my whole heart. Lord, I want to start adding. Lord, add to my faith virtue. And we just get in, in, in the mind of Christ and begin to let God work on our lives. And, and the devil sits back and says, oh, oh yeah, here they go again. Oh yeah, they're going to build, really. Oh, they're going to they're gonna pick up all these, these stones that are all over the place and they're going to make something out of their lives. Oh, come on, that's, that's not going to happen. But if God be for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So they begin to say, how are they, they going to do this? And now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him. And he said, even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Amen. Let's not get discouraged when the devil comes against us. Let's not get discouraged and say, Lord, I, I thought this was going to be easy, but turns out it's pretty difficult. So I think I'm just going to go back to the world. I think I'm just going to go back to sin. Let's not get discouraged. Hear, O oh God, for we are despised. These are the words of Nehemiah. And turn their reproach upon their own head. And give them for a prey in the land of captivity. Cover not their iniquity. And let not their sin be blotted out from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So we built the wall. And all the wall was joined together. Unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sambalat and Tobiah. 
in the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God. Oh my, just because we get saved, that doesn't mean, oh, now I can trust in myself. Now I've got it figured out. Now I can figure out the Bible and, and I'll make it through. No, we need God. Without the Holy Ghost, we aren't making it in. That's the foundation. That's the faith. That's the foundation that everything is built upon. Without that, nothing's going to stand. We made our prayer to God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. It wasn't just going to go away if they just hid their head in the sand as it were. But they recognized we got a problem. There's some things that we battle. Let's set a watch. Let's make sure. Bible says confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Support one another. Amen. And Judah said the strength of the bearers of burden is decayed. And there is much rubbish. So that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said they shall not know neither see till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them, they said unto us ten times from all places whence ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords and their spears and their bows. Oh, I thought they were building the wall, but here they've got all their weapons. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it came to pass, when our enemies heard it, that it was known unto us. And God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work. And it came to pass from that time forth, that the half of my servants wrought in the work, and the other half of them held both the spears and the shields and the bows. And the habergens and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. And they which builded the wall, they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his side, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said to the nobles, and to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, The work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one from another. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of trumpet? Resort ye thither to us, our God shall fight for us. Amen. Even though, even though they, they were armed, even though they had one uh, 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 weapon in one hand and a tool in the other hand, they were working, they still trusted in God. They still said, we'll blow the trumpet, our God will fight for us. But He expects us to be prepared. He expects us to be adding. He expects us to be adding virtue to our faith. And so we labored in the work. Half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time, I said unto the people, Let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard unto us and labor on the day. So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that every one 
put them off for washing. Amen. So here's a great example to us. Always be prepared. Be instant in season and out of season. Be ready to fight. You never know which way the devil's going to come from. But you know that God is on your side. And if we're prepared and if we have our weapons with us as we're working upon the walls that he'll fight for us. They didn't just stand back and say, oh, God's going to fight for us so we can just get in our recliners, get in our lounge chairs, build our houses, you know, raise our families, marry our children, just go about doing those things. No, they said, even though God is fighting for us, yet these walls have to be built. The city must be fortified. In Christ, the mystery of God revealed, Brother Branham says, but I'm talking about the headship of Christ. Notice, being personally identified by the original headship, we have the answer to the devil's question. Amen. Glory. We have the answer to the devil's question. He, Christ, is risen and has paid the price, raising up the head or the body, he says, raising up the body. The devil can't stand it. Oh my, Christ is raising up the body. Who's the body? That's the bride. That's you and me. Amen. So Christ is raising up the body. He's raising up his bride expression in this age. He's raising her up. He's building her up in Jesus Christ. He's raising her up, but the devil can't stand it. That's the reason these ecumenical kingdoms are setting up. That's the reason they're all coming into what they're doing now. The devil, that's the reason he's howling the way he is. His wickedness, his scheme has been uncovered by the risen, resurrected Christ in, in the headship over his body. Glory. So, so the bride is beginning to recognize who she is and beginning to see the plan of God and recognize that her name is in the book and the devil can't stand it. The devil says, I'm going to go. I'm going to knock down those walls. I'm going to throw everything that I can at the bride. He's howling. He's going to war. He's got 200,000 footmen that he's marching against the bride trying to hold her down. And we wonder, why do I got to fight on every side? Oh, it's not because you're not a believer. You're not battling against, uh, against whatever pops up on your cell phone. You're not battling against, against sickness every day. You're not battling against whether or not you should have Facebook. You're not battling against those things uh, because you're not a Christian. You're battling against them because you are a Christian. You're battling against them because you've made a decision. Because the Holy Ghost has come in and the devil is howling. There's something called total war. A war in which every available weapon is used and the nation's full financial resources are devoted. And that's the state that the devil's in. The devil is in a state of total war. He's taken every weapon that he can get and he's thrown it at the bride. Every financial resource that he has, he's thrown it at the bride. But the bride has the word. And constantly, time after time, the devil is defeated by the word. She's not in total war. She's in rest. She's hiding behind the fortification of the word. She's built the walls. She's adding line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. It's not sitting on her shelves in her house. It's not sitting in message books hidden somewhere, but no, it's inside of her. 
The Word is becoming one with the Word. The bride and the bridegroom are becoming one. They're uniting. The fortifications are being built up. It's a fortress built on Christ in your life, in my life. And the devil can't stand it. And he's in a, in a condition of total war. And he's throwing everything he can at your fortifications. But as long as you just stay behind the word, nothing can touch you. The problem is when we get out behind the word. That was Eve's problem. She was living in a perfect age. She didn't have to battle what you and I have to battle. She didn't have to battle immorality. She didn't have to battle inflation. She didn't have to battle the economies that we battle. She didn't have to battle uh, sickness. She didn't have to battle uh, any kind of demon oppression. She didn't have to battle high school. She didn't have to battle uh, worldly friends. She didn't have to battle all those things. There she was living in a perfect word, in a, a perfect world. And there in the Garden of Eden, she had everything that she needed. But one day she thought, you know, I've been getting at this a long time and I'm pretty sure that I, I've got it figured out. I'm pretty sure that, that I should be able to handle myself if I just step out behind, from behind the word and and I, sh- I should be able to take care of things on my own. Because, you know, I've, I've been listening to Adam for a long time. Been walking with the Lord in the cool of the evening. And I think I can just handle getting out from behind the word. But the devil got her. And that's when we'll fall. When we feel, you know, we've been at it for a long time. You know, I think I can, I think I can handle this worldly thing in my home or that worldly thing in my home. I'm not going to name anything specific. You all battle different things. We're all individual. We all have different battles. But God, but Satan just wants us to just step out from behind the word. Just quit claiming the promises for a little while. Just just allow a little something into the home. That's where he'll get you. We have an opportunity to add to our faith virtue. We have an opportunity to build. We have an opportunity to put down footsteps. God told Moses, Moses told the people in Deuteronomy 11, 24 and 25. He says, every place where the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even to the utmost sea shall be your coast. There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon the land that you shall tread upon, as he has said unto you. But there was some conditions that went with that. Salvation is without condition. It's a free gift. But when you start taking footsteps in your land now, God says, I'll bless you. God says, I'll give you what you ask for. God says, I'll, I'll meet your every need. But there's some conditions that go with that. And in Deuteronomy 11, if we jump back a little bit to verse 16, God speaks now, 
And he says, Deuteronomy 11 and verse 16, he says, Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you. And he shut up the heaven that there be no rain, that the land yield not her fruit, lest ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. So what did he say? He said, take heed that your heart not be not deceived, that you turn not. That you be not deceived, that you turn aside and serve other gods. Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your head that you may be that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. Oh my, this is how much in tune with the word that we need to be. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that the Gentiles are a law unto themselves. That doesn't mean that we don't need the word of God. But that means that they've taken the word of God and they've hidden it in their heart. That means that they've taken the book and they've eaten the book. They've become the book. That law is hidden inside of them by the Holy Spirit. So here now... Moses is, is, is saying here, therefore, lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign about your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house. Amen. Do we do that? Do we teach our children? Or do we just teach our children about Curious George and about, and, and about Disney and about all these different things that the world wants us to teach them about? Satan knows what he's doing. He knows how to entertain our children. He knows how to keep them busy. Oh, if you just get your kids doing this, then you'll be able to just do whatever you want. Oh, you know, keep your kids doing this, then you'll be able to focus on studying the Word yourself. But no, Moses says... Teach them to your children. Don't just hold them to yourself, but teach them to your children. You want your children to grow up and be men and women of God. You want your children to grow up and serve God. Teach the word to your children. Speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way. When thou walkest by the way, too many times now, and we're all guilty of it, too many times now when we walk by the way, we're just talking about the sports car that drove by. Or we're just talking about the nice house that we're looking at. But he says, even while you're walking by the way, even as you're walking by, speak to the children about the word. When thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt write them upon your doorposts of thy house and upon your gates. Oh my, there's not a lot of room for anything else. But that's the bride. She's becoming the word. That's what she wants. She wants the word on her doorpost. She wants the word on her bedpost. She wants to teach her children the word. She wants all of these things. She wants God to be all in all. That your days may be multiplied in the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Oh, we've got a lot of ways to multiply our days now. Nowadays, we've got diet plans and we've got eat just vegetables or eat all these healthy things. And we better leave that right there. But uh, God says, if you want to lengthen your days, teach the word. Live the word. 
Be the word. Write it on your walls. Have it in your heart. If ye shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you and do them to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to cleave unto him, then will the Lord drive out the nations from before you. And you shall possess greater, greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Every place where the sole of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness of Lebanon, from the, the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the utmost sea shall be your coast. There shall no man be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon the land that you shall tread upon as he has said unto you. Amen. So, so then we can have the victory that we need. Amen. The Bible says if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence before God. Too many times we've got little things latching on here and there. Little distractions latching on that, that we always turn to when, when we're not busy. That we turn to when we've got five minutes here and five minutes there and then we wonder Lord how come how come I can't have the victory Lord how come you're not meeting me over here how come you're not meeting me over there because we're not letting the word wash us of all these things how's the word going to wash us if we don't feed upon the word if we don't listen to the word if we don't let it flow over our lives it can't just happen at Sunday morning too many times uh, at, in Sunday Sorry, I shouldn't say too many times, but a lot of time at a, in Sunday and in Wednesday, we're just, we're, we're hearing that we need to be feeding on the word, that we need to be focused on the word. And we go home, we say, that was a wonderful service. But what did the service say? Amen. The service said that when we go home, we got to pick up the tapes. We got to pick up our MP3 players. We got to listen to the word. We got to feed upon it that the word might wash us. We've got too many Achans in our life. If we're not having the victory, we've got too many Achans in our life. Oh, we've gone over. We know God met with us. We know we've crossed the River Jordan. We know we've, we've had death to self. And then, and then we get over and we have a great victory. God delivers us of the world. We, we're moving on with God. But there's a little bit clinging somewhere. There's a little bit that's holding on. And we go for another victory. Just something so small. Something that seems so little. Ai was just a tiny little city compared to Jericho. Jericho was a great big victory. Like the things that God delivered you from when you came out of the world. The things God delivered you from when you got the Holy Ghost. The things God delivered you from. It was a mighty victory. There's these little things that he's molding us. He's washing us of little parts of the world. Oh, Achan didn't, didn't try to take a whole houseload with him. He wasn't driving a wagon when he came out of Jericho. He didn't say, oh my, what's in your wagon, brother, brother Achan? Oh, which one? Which one of the 12 are you talking about? But no, he just had a few little things that he just tucked into his coat. Just a little garment, a little wedge of gold, some silver pieces. And that's what it is in our life. There's just little things. God's molding us. God is making a masterpiece. He's not making something that's just mediocre. He's not making something that people just glance at and, oh, okay. But he's making a masterpiece. He's making something that's perfect. His bride's going to be perfect. She's going to be spotless. She's going to be without blemish. And he's molding her into that. And there's little things he wants to chip off. And we get to these little things and, and, and all of a sudden we're defeated. All of a sudden we just can't seem to, to get the victory over this little thing in our life. 
saying, Lord, what's the matter? Lord, what's going on? Don't stop there. Don't settle down. Don't just say, oh, you know, I guess that's just it. I guess, you know, I got the Holy Ghost. You know, Brother Branham said you can be saved and go fishing every day of your life. Well, I guess that's what it's all about. I'm just going to go fishing. But no, there's more. There's deeper. And we, oh, we keep hearing about, oh, there's deeper. Oh, there's more of God. Well, I can't seem to get there. I can't seem to get more. But are you letting God mold you? Have you let him search over your life? Have you let him go through lot by lot? Lord, is it this? Lord, am I lining up with your word here? Lord, am I lining up there? Lord, what about this? The Bible says, search out your salvation with fear and trembling. Give in all diligence. Amen. What was our starting scripture? He says, give in all diligence. Add to your faith. Give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. Amen. So let the Holy Ghost continue to chip away the little things. Lord, how come there's no victory in this area? Lord, I want to move deeper in Christ. Well, there's a few little things that I want to chip off. This needs to go over here. This needs to go over there. Maybe it's just a little bit how the way that we dress or a little bit how the way that we talk or a little bit how the way that we act or a little bit how that we act too much like the world when we're in the world and, and, and then we try to be a Christian when we come to church. But no, he's chipping away these little things. How come there's no victory? Let this be chipped off. Let that be molded off. Let the word mold your life. Let him wash you. Let him mold you into that image that he wants. And, and, and when we overcome that thing, then all of a sudden, we're moving on. Then we go back to that thing, and we overcome it. And it becomes something so simple. Because if God's not fighting for us, we just can't move forward. We can't do it on our own ability. We can't mold in ourselves a stature of a perfect man. We can't mold in ourselves the character of Christ. Well, the Holy Ghost has to do that. Let's just jump down a little bit. Hebrews 6, we read. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. God is calling us on to perfection. He's given us, he's unveiled himself in this age. The, the, Christ, the mystery of God revealed. He's unveiled who he is, but not just that. He's unveiled who you are. He's unveiled what it means to be the bride of Jesus Christ. He's unveiled these things. And, and, and we understand the simple things. And, and we know the simple things. And we can fellowship around the basic doctrines. And, and, and serpent seed. And oh, I know serpent seed. And the Godhead. Oh, I know the Godhead. Oh, I was baptized correctly. And we can just keep dwelling upon that. But Paul says, now it's time to move on from the foundation. Not laying again the foundation. Oh my, we just want to lay the foundation and lay the foundation foundation and lay the foundations how many foundations do we need to lay before we start building the house i never seen any 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 anybody start a project and go and hire their contractor and say you know what what i'm looking for is a foundation and they bring in their blueprint and and all that's got on it is a foundation here uh, we want you to build us a foundation no they don't even put the foundation on there 
The architect, he doesn't even put the foundation on there. He just brings in the, the, the papers and it's got all the beautiful drawings. And, and anywhere that it says, anywhere that it shows the, the foundation or the grade beam or the footings, it says, refer to structural drawings. Refer to structural drawings. Refer to structural drawings. No, he doesn't even put the foundation on there. But the foundation has got to be designed separately. It's got to be designed by somebody that knows how to lay it. So, so the, the architect, the main purpose is to get the, the building up. Is, is to, to see the completed building. We could just stay there for a little while. I work in construction. This carpenter, Brother Ben, he knows all about that. You know, sometimes you get people that they're just coming and everything, it looks like it's done. How come you're still here? How come you're still working? Why, why isn't it, well, why can't we move in yet? Why can't we have the building? Well, there's a lot of other things that still have to go in position. Well, just put the drywall on the walls and paint it up and, and call it good. Well, okay, if that's what you want, we'll put the drywall on the walls, we'll paint it, we'll, we'll let you get in there. And then they get in there and they go over, all right, we're going to turn on the lights and they turn the light switch. How come my building's dark? Well, you didn't want us to finish it. You know, Christ is building a masterpiece. He's building a complete finished work. He's not going to stop at the, at the drywall. He's not going to stop and, and leave the power out of the building or, or leave, the, uh, leave the carpet off the floor. Oh, well, if you're happy just being a halfway Christian, I guess that's okay. I'll let you come be my bride just kind of halfways, you know, still looking like the world, but you, at least you know the quotes. But no, he's coming for a perfect bride. She's going to be complete. She's going to be the whole package. She's going to have the carpets going to be on the floor. And the lights are all going to be working. And when you turn the light switch on, the light in this room is going to turn on. Not the light over in that room over there. But everything's going to be lined up just the way it's supposed to be. Just the way it shows in the blueprints. You know, the owner doesn't even make his own blueprints. He just says, I want a building. And when you come to God, you say, Lord, just make me what you want me to be. He's the architect. He's the engineer. He says, this is the foundation. It's Jesus Christ. And we say, amen. He says, this is exactly the kind of building you're looking for. This is the kind of character that you should have. And we say, amen. He's the one that starts it. He's the one that finishes it. He'll complete the work that he's begun in you. And the devil hates that. The devil is howling. The devil's throwing everything he can at us. Paul says it like this to Timothy. He says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, you can have both. That doesn't sound like the Bible. It says, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. Amen. We already, we already mentioned the scripture. 
Christ said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Right? So we don't even got to worry about it. But he says, thou man of God, flee these things. Flee what? Flee the love of money. Flee, flee the, all these, these things. And follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. What's he talking about? He's talking the same thing Peter was talking about. Give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. He says, he says, follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay a hold on eternal life. Oh my, there's not going to be just soft classical music playing in the background as we are just playing in sandbox mode and just kind of a little brick here. Hey, why don't you pass me another brick and we'll put it on our wall over here. But no, Paul says fight the good fight of faith. So this adding, this, 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 this seeking after righteousness and, and godliness, there's going to be a fight to it. Satan hates it that you're the bride of Christ. But that's what you are. That's who you are. And you can't help being who you are. So you're not fighting for, for some present. You're not fighting for some, something that belongs to somebody else. You're fighting for who you are. You're fighting for what God has called you to be. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on it. Whereunto thou art also called. You're called unto eternal life. And has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Eternal life belongs to you. Christ belongs to you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's who you are by the new birth. We could talk about Shamgar in the Old Testament. There he was in the, in the land that God gave him. He wasn't, the rest of them were saying, oh, you know, we want to worship other gods. We want to have a little bit of the world. So, you know, we'll, we'll go with the compromise and we'll give them our wheat. We'll give them our harvest and, and all that just so that we can keep worshiping other gods. But Shamgar said, no, this is my land. This is my crops. These are my blessings. This is my healing. This is, these are my children. Said, this is mine. I'm, I'm laying a hold of this. And when he stood upon the word, he said, this is what the word says. And when he stood on what the word says, there was nothing that could stand before him. 600 Philistines couldn't stand before one man with an ox goad. There was Gideon in the Old Testament. There he was in the wine press threshing his wheat. Why was he there? Because everybody else was saying, oh, we want our groves. We want our nice pretty places. We want to worship idols. We want to do these things. We want to compromise with the world world so you know it's okay we'll give our wheat away but Gideon said this is my wheat there he was in the wine press saying this is mine this is mine this is mine this is mine and there's the believer you know when they begin to stand on the word of God and say this is mine and it might be a fight it might be a struggle maybe you're looking for healing or something like that maybe you're looking for deliverance from something maybe you're you're looking for something like that maybe you're looking for salvation for your children and you just keep standing there saying this is what the word says this is what the word says and the angel of the lord comes to us and says thou mighty man of valor who me but i'm just standing on the little bit of word that i have that's right. Nobody else is standing on the word, but you're standing on the word. And that's what, it made. that's what makes you a mighty man of valor because nothing can stand against you when you stand on the word of God. When God says, okay, now, now it's time for the test. Okay, Gideon, if you really stand on the word of God, this grove's got to go. 
These idols got to go. Gideon said, yes, this is my land. This is the land God gave me. And I've turned from the word, but now I'm turning back to the word. And I'm getting rid of the groves. I'm getting rid of the idols. And he tore it down and he burned it. With just what little bit of faith that he had. But God turned it around and blessed him. And used it and with 300 men drove the enemy out of the land. You might just have a little bit of faith. But be willing to stand on that little bit of faith that you have. You might just have one scripture that God spoke to you and said this is for you. You might just have that one scripture but just keep standing on that one scripture. Just keep standing on saying this is mine. This is my land. This is a part of my inheritance. This is who I am. The devil might come at you and he'll knock at your door. He'll send hundred of his Philistines at you from every direction. He might send a thousand like he sent at Samson. He might send all these ones. But you just keep standing on the word and say, no, this is the promise of God. And watch the devil fall every time. Don't give up on the word. Paul says, put on spiritual armor. He says, have spiritual weapons by your side. He says, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Amen. He doesn't, Paul doesn't just say, oh, you know, God's going to look after it. You know, just go to church on Sunday. God's going to look after it. You know, just go to church on Sunday. God's going to look after it. Everything is going to be okay. No, he said, get your armor on. Get that sword of the word. Know the word of God. Be feeding on the word of God. Nehemiah said, have a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other hand. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And Paul said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Be fortified in Jesus Christ. Always adding, always building. You know, there was David, that great king, David. We won't read it. We don't have time tonight. But if you read in 2 Samuel, there was that man that won so many victories because he trusted in God. But he didn't just conquer the enemy and just go back home and just forget about it. But no, he conquered the the Syrians and he fortified the cities. He garrisoned the cities. He conquered the Edomites and he garrisoned the cities. Amen. Garrison those things. When God, when you overcome, garrison it with the word of God. Amen. Put the word of God in its place. Maybe you are struggling with something. You spend way too much time on your phone. And you say, Lord, I'm getting rid of this distraction. And you put it away. You put Facebook away or you put whatever it is away. And you say, Lord, this is taking up my time. Lord, maybe it's, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's a gray area. Maybe I think it's not making me fall, but it's eating up my time. Don't just lay it aside and then sit on the couch for those two hours or three hours that you usually spend on there. But take those hours and spend them listening to the message. Spend them hearing the word of God. Facebook isn't going to get you ready for a rapture. That's just an easy one to pick on. Say, oh, you missed me, brother. But God didn't miss you. God knows your heart. We're just winding down here. But be fortified in Christ. Always adding. Always building. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little. There a little. Oh, Davison, David, sorry, David garrisoned the cities. Solomon. There was Solomon. A time of peace. There was no war. 
Oh my, that must be the time to relax. There's no war. The devil's not fighting. Everything's okay. Everything's happy. What was Solomon doing? Solomon was building the walls of Jerusalem. Think of it. The king that had the most peace and he's building the walls. Amen. It doesn't matter how easy things might seem to be going. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. He's still working on your life. He's still building you. He's still making you into that perfect character of Christ. You're a part of his perfect bride. As the enemy is driven out, let Christ be built in your life. Let him be built in your heart. A spirit wanders around in dry places. You know the scripture. Returning with others worse than himself. But when he returns, let him find fortified walls. When he returns, let him find the entertainments have been replaced by the word of God. Let him find that the ungodly books have been replaced with books of heroes of the faith. With message books. With the Bible. Replace the, the, the morning news has been replaced with the Bible. Morning Bible reading. He, when he comes to try to get you all nervous for that day again. And try to throw all these news stories. So you're just thinking about these different things happening. And oh my you can't keep your thoughts straight. Because you're just a wreck. But he, when he comes, to, comes at you in that way again. He finds you reading the Bible. Bible. He finds you in the Word of God. When He comes back, meet Him with the Word. Meet Him with the Word. Say, no, but the Word says. But the Word says. But the Word says, oh, you know, I think this is okay, but the Word doesn't say, add to my faith Facebook, or add to my faith skateboarding, or add to my faith whatever it might be. I'm not saying those things are wrong, and I'm saying those things are distracting you. Those are just little things by the wayside. That's not the main problem. The main problem is they're distracting you from becoming a perfected bride of Jesus Christ. But when he comes back, meet him with the word. A fortified believer in Christ. The musicians come. Amen. Why don't we stand together? Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you with all of our hearts, O God. Lord, this this is the desire of our hearts, Lord. I know I'm not preaching at unbelievers this morning, but I'm preaching at sons and daughters of God. Lord, and, and even Peter said, it's good that I put you in remembrance of these things. And Lord, we just want to always be remembering the Word of God and not forget how important it is, especially in this age, Lord, when there's distractions all around us. Lord, every one of us has a computer in our hand, walking around in our pocket, and the devil tries to anoint those things, anoint those, those things and try to get us to use up all our time. And then when we lift up our heads, then there's billboards in front of us, or there's there's ungodliness in front of us lord and 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 even just the cares of the world lord and and just just things all around us somebody always has a more beautiful home or or a fancier car and satan's always trying to bombard trying to bombard but we recognize lord his plot has been exposed he's just trying to distract us from who we are he's trying to distract us from being fortified in the word that he can sneak in and catch us somewhere where we're not expecting it but lord may we be fortified in your word lord may we just lay aside the cares of the world may we may we set in our heart that we're not going to 
be distracted anymore because we're living in the end time, oh God. Lord, your prophet said when the, when the bride recognizes who she is, then the rapture will go. And we know that rapture is a process. It's a process of us getting ready that we might ever be with the Lord. And Lord, that's what we're looking forward to, oh God. We're looking forward to your coming where you'll come as a thief in the night and take your bride away, Lord Jesus, to a marriage supper of the Lamb. Lord, may we be ready, oh God. Lord, like the, like the, the girl that was, the armor star girl that was waiting for her husband to come and pick her up that day. Lord, she wasn't, she didn't care what anybody said around her. She didn't care about the snickering. She didn't care about those that didn't believe her, but she believed. Because she was the bride. None of those other girls were the bride. They might have been prettier. She might have thought they had more going for them. But, but the man chose her. And Lord, we might look around us and say, Oh, look at this one. Lord, look at this group. Don't they live so holy? Look at this group. Lord, don't they live so clean? Look at this group. Don't they have so many signs and wonders? But you aren't looking at them. You're looking at us. You chose us, oh God, because Lord, we just hungered and thirsted after righteousness. Lord, may we go back to that first love, oh God, where the world just dims and loses its value, Lord. Then our focus is back on Jesus Christ. Lord, come and purify our lives, fortify our lives. Lord, your bride is going to be without spot or wrinkle, Lord. And Lord, we're a part of that bride. Take all the spots away. Take all the wrinkles away, Lord Jesus. Father, let us be perfect in Jesus Christ. Lord, we just love you and we want to be more like you, Lord. We want to be your expression, O God. We want to show your glory, Lord. Father, blessed be your name. Have your way, Lord. Bless your people, O God. Draw us near to you, Lord Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit lead our lives, Lord. You're the guide, O God. Father, you're the potter. We're the clay. You're the master that's working on your masterpiece. Lord, you know our hearts, O God. Lord, I wasn't trying to step on anybody's toes tonight, Lord, but just, Lord, desiring that we would look into our own hearts, O God, and see what we struggle with. See what you're speaking to us about, oh God. Because, Lord, you speak by your Spirit, Lord. Lord, you, you use men, oh God, that your Holy Spirit might come and strike our hearts. Might come and speak to our hearts, Lord. And Lord, I might have said one thing, but, but your Holy Spirit was maybe speaking to one over here. He's speaking about this in your life. He's speaking about that in your life. Lord, you know our hearts, oh God. Father, come and touch each life, Lord. Draw us closer to you, Lord. Draw us closer, Lord Jesus. We just want to be like you, Lord. We just want you, Lord Jesus. Have your way, O oh God. Oh, blessed be your name. Granted, dear Father, in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen, amen. Amen.
Raise your hands and worship. Lord. raise your hands you can raise your voice you say well I was just a young man that's the kind that the word produces the word produces sons of God the Bible says that God will deal with the hearts of men as you hunger after the things of God I, I wonder where the hunger is anymore I really do. I look at people, I see no more hunger. No more hunger. They just know everything. Know everything. But blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's good to have the supervisor come and check out the deficiencies in the buildings. You need those supervisors that come by and they have deficiency carpenters that are specialized to say, well, that's not done right. Let's do that right. Because you want the final. You do want the final. And you want the final inspector to come by and say, this building is habitable. This building somebody can live in. And you hear a kind of word like tonight, you say, that's the kind of word I want to hear so God can live in this building. I got this deficiency, then let's get it fixed up. That's all. Get it fixed up. Throw the wedge out. Get the Babylonian garment out. Let's worship God. Let's create an atmosphere so the Holy Spirit can be free. Free to move. Free to deal. Free to change lives. Don't live in a past. I'm tired. People say, I'm here 50 years or 30 years. That has nothing to do with it. God is a God of the present. And if God's speaking to you right now, just lift up your hand. Just say, Lord, you touched an area within my life, an area that I need to deal with, an area, Lord, that I need to fortify. I need the deficiency carpenter to come in and clean that area up. You sent a word this evening on a Wednesday night. Many people might miss it, but I don't want to miss it, Lord. I don't want to miss you. I don't care who's speaking. I, don't, I want to miss you, Lord. I don't care if it's your brother, Abigail. I don't care who it is. I don't look at the flesh. I look at the Spirit of God. I say, Lord, let that word find an entrance into my heart. So, Father, with our hands lifted up, you see my desire is to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. These days are distractions all over, pulling at people this way and that way. But I'm so thankful a message has come to pull a people up. 
Satan has his armament out to try and, and get us down. But you sent your word to build us up into the faith. So, Lord, as we come to church service after service, Lord, you're building us up with expectation. You're building us up into the faith as we heard of Nehemiah and how he had a troll, a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. We're willing to build up and we're willing to fight for the cause. We're not weary in well-doing, Lord. We've done much and we will do more. As Paul said, I haven't been spent and will be spent. That's what we want to do, to be used for the kingdom of God. We're thankful for the word we've heard this evening. The word of God is true. And the word of God is always correct. And so, Father, I pray you'll bless this young man, our dear brother Stephen Dodd. Lord, as he would labor and grant prayer and make souls be one for the kingdom. It's one thing to minister, but Lord, may there be those that we can minister to. Pray, God, you'll add much to the body there in Grand Prairie. Lord, as we ponder now these things that we've heard, get those little wedges out, get those little garments out. They're not wagon loads as we heard tonight. Just little things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And so, Father, we feel that the Word of God has edified us, strengthened us, and fed us tonight. Bless both here and the speaker. In Jesus' name. Amen. We bless your name. I'm amazed that he would love me. Take what you heard tonight. Ponder them. Speak about them. Give your son some time to the word. And watch this body be strengthened in the Lord. Brother Stephen preached on add to your faith. Add to your virtue. I spoke on that. I spoke on that in Switzerland. And many times you find that you think that you can add something to your faith. You can't. 
And I don't want to dampen the service at all. Because the scripture says, you can't add even one cubit to your stature. So you can't add to it as being added to. But if you look at, look at it, the meaning of it, it's just lay in the presence of the sun. Everything you have need of in this journey is already in you. And that's the distraction. That's why people are getting, they're losing their virtue, their strength, because they're not laying in the presence of the sun. Because everything you need for this journey is already there. So you lay in the presence and watch God do his work within your lives. God bless you. Shake one another's hand. Amen. And let's remember Brother Stephen, Sister Lisa. May God use their lives and their ministry in the future. And add many to the kingdom. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.